Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. All right, so uh, yesterday was what? Amazing, right? Pastor Jorge tore it up yesterday, and I don't know if you felt it, but man, it was such a presence of God in this place. It was amazing. If you missed out yesterday, um, I invite you to, um, to give somebody... Um, uh, actually, we have, we're going to put them up on the app, right, Ryan? We're, we're doing that? Excellent. Those of you that don't know, we have a podcast. And in that podcast, you're able to find all these sermons. Around how many sermons do you think are uploaded there, Jared or, or, or somebody who? Or Ryan, how many? 96 sermons updated there. So how many? 96. So I just challenge you guys to go back and, and hear it and, and be able to, you know, be blessed that way. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Great, great. So we're going through the sheddings of the blood of Jesus. If you haven't picked up on that yet, we're teaching every single night on each one of those sheddings uh, that Jesus shed his blood for us. This is one of the most powerful things you will ever learn in your entire life. The reason is because the power of the blood of Jesus is, is, is so great. It is more than any other substance and any other thing that this world has ever known. What if you had the cure for anything? What if you had the ability to conquer and overcome by one simple solution? And that solution is the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we have overcome the devil. We have overcome him by the blood of the lamb right and so we uh of course the, the the testimony as well and our confession of it i invite you guys to do something right now i'm going to ask someone very special to come up in a bit in one just one more minute uh to come and share with us uh what god has been doing in their lives the miraculous power of god the blessings that come from prayer the blessings that come from believing in the lord sometimes we don't realize but um but it is this is not religion. This is not church. This really is us in an intimate relationship with a God who loves us so much and wants the best for us. So I'm going to ask Carmen if you can come up to the front really quick and share with us a little bit of what God has been doing. I don't know. If Julian and Siobhan want to come up to it, it's okay. If not, if you guys want to just chill, it's completely up to you guys. But anyway, you want to come up real quick or you don't want to come up? <laughs> yeah? Yeah, Julian? It was real quick. Why don't you just say hello real quick? Come on over here real quick. Siobhan, no? Yeah? Yeah? Uh, yay, give Siobhan a round of applause. So, uh, are they going to be here the whole time? Maybe they could just say hello or? Say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go sit down? It's okay. You can sit down. Um, oops, that's loud. Well, first of all, I want to give God all the glory for what He's been doing, and um, and also I want to thank our pastors, as well as each and every one of you guys that have been praying for Julian for us, and and just not even that, going beyond that. Um, also, uh, thanking, even though he's not here, Pastor Cesar Castellanos, and all the teachings, you know, that we have been able to be blessed by. And I say it um, with a grateful, I mean, well, with gratitude, because that's been passed on to us. And because of the vision that uh, God has placed in his heart, we've been able to learn. 
And I say this because I've encountered much, you know, during this process and time, um, people that are Christian as well, not knocking no one down, and um, seeing the power of the blood of Jesus. Never underestimate the power of the blood of Jesus, you know. And uh, we received uh, news today in regards to Julian. I'll start with um, the results of the bone marrow. Um, he did, I don't think everybody knows to what extent um, that where the cancer was. It was, one was in the bone marrow. Um, he had it there. Uh, he had it in his lungs as well. He had it on the right side of his ribs, on, on two of the ribs that was attached to there. He had an extremely large mass on the right hip and then a smaller one on the left hip. So um, they, did, they decided to redo uh, the, t the exams and the tests. One was a biopsy and the other was a PET scan, which shows everything inside of you. And he's already completed uh, six cycles of chemo. And it's not like just one day one cycle it's some are two days some are five days it was something that was extremely rare which is called ewing cancer and his was not localized meaning in one place it was metastatic which it was in many places and it was an extreme um, aggressive so they had to attack it aggressively i won't even repeat the percentage that they gave us in regards to that, I wrote it one time down, and I said, I'm not saying it again. Don't ask me. I'm not saying it, because that's not what I'm believing for. Um, because I know God says something different for his life. And um, God did give me a word, and besides, our pastors were used greatly to give us words as well, as well as the church praying for a specific word. So God did give me um, Job 42.2. Sorry, guys. Um, and it says, you can do all things, and no purpose of yours will be thwarted. So we took it personal, that no purpose for Julian's life would be thwarted. It would stand for what God has purposed for his life. So it's so important for us to grab a hold of God's word. If you don't know God's word, then you don't know what God has for you. And don't let the enemy tell you what he has for you. Because God's word is what stands is in, and is alive and is power. So never accept what the enemy tells you. Um, I want to also thank Colin because he was there. <laughs> and he's continuously been there. And just to clarify, he did not steal the hot packs, okay? <laughs> they were there for Julian and he knew what he was doing, that's for sure. And thank you, Colin, because also Colin continuously helps and has given Julian shots, um, and along the way, um, he just recently, the, the doctor said that he had a blood clot in his heart, uh, but we know that God is greater, and this is why I say this, because we got the um, results today of the new tests, and in the bone marrow, there's no more cancer. All glory to God. In the lungs, there's no more cancer. In the rib, there's no more cancer. 
and that was a large mass. In the left hip, there's no more cancer. All Clap loud for God, because he's the one who did it. All glory to you, God. That's the God that we serve. That's our God. And in the right hip, where it initially started, um, when they took the test, it, in the initial first time, it lit up at 7 point something. Um, this last time, it lit up at 2.9, but... The doctor says she believes there's no cancer and that that is just solely scar tissue. Um, so God is good. When the doctor came in with the news, she said we were expecting only for what was in the lungs to be gone. We didn't expect all this to be gone from his body. You know, so God is good. He's recovered every two weeks, which then again, they didn't expect. After the fourth cycle on the normal, I say normal, um, but God is extraordinary. <laughs> they tend to take longer than two weeks to recover. And Julian's been, his counts and his blood and his platelets, everything have been every two weeks, boom. So they were just like running with it and running with it and running with it. And they were just so shocked this last time that he didn't even need a, a shot that his blood was working on its own, just zooming up there. You know? And I wanted to share this with you all, especially because you guys have been praying. This has been your baby as well. A time of incubation that you guys have prayed, you know, for breakthrough, for miracles. Um, never underestimate the power of the blood of Jesus and prayer. Prayer. So whatever you're believing for, if God could do this, God could do anything. If he could put an end to wretched cancer, he could put an end to whatever thing that you may be struggling with, whether it be sin, whether if you're believing for your family member to be saved, finances, health, yourself, God can do it. Don't give up. Um, I do ask if you can please continue to pray for him because the doctors have decided, even though I'm, I submitted to my pastors, my husband, and what Julian decided, um, as well as what the doctors, um, they want to continue radiate. They want to start radiation, one, so it doesn't come back. And something that's um, in their eyes that needs to be done since it was so aggressive. And um, he needs another eight cycles of chemo. So if you can please continue to pray for him. He does need prayer in that because the two together is really strong. But we serve a, a stronger God. Thank you, guys.
I want you guys to do something. Um, Siobhan uh, is, uh, how old are you, Siobhan? We can't see her because she's not the tallest. Okay, Siobhan, um, I want you to know something. I know you can't see me, but you're somewhere behind Doris. And if you cannot see me behind Doris, that means you're 10 years old. <laughs> but we want to tell you, Siobhan, there you are, I see you, that to me, you're an amazing, amazing inspiration. You're, a, you're such an incredible, not just little sister, but you're a woman of God. Even though you're only 10 years old, uh, I've heard of your faith and what you've done with your brother and how even through this time, you know what, sometimes we're all praying for Julian. We love Julian. I mean, literally, we all pray for Julian. Uh, but I want to tell you something that to me, you are so incredible and you're an inspiration to me. We wanted to give you and your mom uh, uh, like an all-day retreat spa day at Glen Ivy. And, uh, and so that you and your mom are just going to, it's called the Total Wellness Package. And I just don't know if that, you know, the Total Wellness Package is where you get like mud thrown on your face and stuff like that. So, so you guys, uh, is either this Saturday or the next Saturday, but you guys tell us, and this church would love to just, be, for you, for you, Siobhan, that uh, you're a princess and you deserve more than that, okay? So, so you got your mama a, a, a good treatment. Anyway, thank you guys. One more round of applause for that amazing family. And to God who we serve, who is able to do everything. Amen, amen. Have a seat really quick. Um, by the way, I want to go to Glen Ivy. I saw it has 1,387 reviews. And it's almost like five stars. So something good's happening over there. Anyway, so, um, so we know we, we sometimes hear of of the blood of the lamb and we hear of prayer and you know pray for me but we just take it so lightly in the next 15 minutes I want to share with you the next shedding of the blood of Jesus Pastor Horace shared about the the shedding of the blood at Gethsemane right in that stressful time the moment of oppression he said that Gethsemane the literal translation is what the the what the olive press right you don't you heard this but unless you press you smash an olive you can never get its oil right? It's like a grape. Unless you smash it, you could never get wine out of it. Am I making sense? Unless it really goes through that process. And so we don't like going through the process of smashing. Lord knows Julian and Siobhan and, 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 and Adam, you know, and Carmen have been going through the, through the, hmm, right? Through that olive press. And as we were talking about this earlier, we believe that's just the beginning of the healing of what God's going to do in this entire family. Amen. Now, we will continue to pray. Yes, absolutely. And I believe 100% that just as we are excited about its healing, the devil is angry about it. Does that make sense? That he's not just happy about this. So we need to continue to cover them in prayer. Continue to really say every single night as my family does every single night. Elijah will not go to sleep unless he prays first for Julian. And so I encourage you guys to join us in this. Amen. Cool. So to stay in, the, in the, the, the heart of where your church is, where the ministry that God has placed you in, is not just healing for one person, it's healing for entire families. So here's the thing. Jesus went through this incredible time of stress. The, the oppression that there was as he was drinking the cup of your sin and my sin. The most bitter cup that there could ever be. I love that when he said that Adam rejected the cup of blessing right the cup of, of a blessing of inheritance inherited blessing and yet Jesus accepted the cup of curse right for us it wasn't like he wanted to drink it he said if it's possible let this cup pass from me 
So after that, Jesus then goes through another stage, another moment. And he is beaten. He is whipped. Of that, Pastor Jorge will be sharing with us tomorrow night, which is going to be amazing. I wouldn't miss it if I were you. But today I want to share with you about what happened after that. And it is where Jesus was crowned. And he was crowned as a mockery. He was crowned by this, this crown of thorns. What we want to call the message tonight, if you want to give it a title, is called the crown of conquest. What's it called? The crown of conquest. Many people live in defeat. So many people live in daily defeat. Instead of being more than conquerors in Christ, they are more than losers out of Christ. Or some people, instead of more than victorious, right, they're more than victims. And my question to you tonight is, why are you to be a victim instead of victorious? And I'm not talking about only spiritually. What I want to share with you about today is the mindset of a champion, the mindset of a conqueror, the mindset of someone who's able to produce wealth, and not only financial, but wealth of life. That people can look at us and say, wait, what's so different about you? Why are you so full of life? And that's a simple answer. It is because I know the wellspring of life. I am connected to the vine. I am connected to the one who is the way, the truth, and life. Does that make sense? We ought to be wellsprings as well. We ought to be the kind of people that your coworkers look and say, hey, it's not fair. Does that make sense? And when they say that, I don't mean that, that they say it's not fair because you don't share it. But it's not fair. Can you please share with me what's going on in your life? Amen? Some of you guys said amen. Some of you guys are not hearing me. Okay, cool, cool. I'm barely getting to know this thing. It's supposed to recognize my face. It's not working. Hello. Looking for you. It's looking for me. Oh, it didn't recognize the microphone, but it didn't recognize it without it. Okay, cool, cool. So um, I want you guys to open up to a verse really, really quickly with me. Uh, is that good? Yeah, you guys good? All right, cool, cool. Go to that verse with me. And it is found on Genesis chapter, which one do you have first, Emily? Perfect. Genesis chapter 3, 17, 19. And it says, then on, on the version what I'm going to read is NASB. If you don't have it there, it's okay. You could read it up there if you can. Uh, and it says, then Adam, then to Adam he said, this is God speaking to Adam after he falls, right? After he he is unfaithful to God. Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it, meaning in hard work all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles, it shall grow from you. Um, it shall grow for you. And you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. You will eat bread till you return to the ground. Because from it you were taken, for you are dust. And to dust you shall return. Intense. Let me read to you guys now what it says on the message version. We have the message version there as well. I'm going to read it to you because it's kind of small. And it says this. Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from. Listen to this. Don't eat from this tree. The very ground is cursed because of you. Getting food from the ground will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. You'll be working in pain all your life. The ground will sprout thorns and weeds. You'll get your food the hard way. 
planting and tilling and harvesting, sweating in the fields from dawn to dusk, until you return to the ground yourself, dead and buried. You started out as dirt, you'll end up dirt. What an intense, instant, intense scripture. We read Genesis chapter 3 and it's, if we're not careful, we can just read it just really quick and miss the pearl that God has for us tonight. It says that the ground was cursed because of our disobedience. That our work would be hard and you will sweat and you will not produce. Before this event, before the curse towards us, humanity happened because of our disobedience, there was abundance. Adam and Eve would walk in the cool of the day. All their needs were satisfied. There was no sickness. There was no, no death. All there was was an intimate relationship with God and an abundance to bless one another. Can I tell you this? Have you ever wanted to buy something for someone you love and you could not afford it? It's happened to me before, right? Where I really want to give something to someone I love. And at that moment, I'm going through a hard time in my finances. And I'm not able to give them. And I feel bad. Because I want to give. For some people, you're saying, Pastor, you're talking about my whole life. I'm only 12. <laughs> or maybe you could say, hey, that's fine if you are 9 years old. But what about when you're 20 years old? And your mom's birthday comes around. And you don't have money to put on your ga gas on your car. Or what about when you're about to get married or when you just got married? What about when your first child comes and you're worried about providing a bed for him? What about when you're in school and you, you're struggling to, to make, you know, the next payment? Otherwise, you're not going to be able to continue with your classes. I remember when I was taught this, I went to my encounter and it was a revelation to me. I want to tell you exactly how I heard it and what happened. My pastor says that. The demons in, in, in hell threw a party that day. Now, this is not written on the Bible. This is how it describes it. It says that all these demons were so excited. They were seeing how Jesus was getting beat as though you were watching the greatest movie you could ever watch. This, 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 this day view of that movie. And he says that he could imagine the celebration of hell as Jesus had just gotten whooped. And Jesus had just gotten beat. They had caught him. Finally, the healing hands of Jesus, the body of Christ was being mauled, was being torn to pieces, was bleeding out to death. Minute by minute, the pain got worse and worse for my Savior. The one, the conqueror, the Son of God, the one who Satan had most jealousy towards, he let all his wrath, all his jealousy, all his poison upon Jesus. The Bible says that, that Jesus describes it as bulls of Basan or dogs surrounding him. Let me ask you, have you thought of that moment and what happened in the spirit? Because it's Jesus. It's not just you or I. It is the worst thing a person can experience and it was the best person experiencing it. The one who did not deserve it was the one who was getting it. You and I deserve that kind of stuff. If you don't believe that, you are not saved. Because that's salvation. Salvation from all that you deserved. And so Jesus is getting literally beaten, he's getting abused, he's getting, you know, he's, he's literally bleeding out to death. And yet, these people decide to take it a step further. And so they, they start weaving this crown of thorns. And I cannot imagine who came up with the demonic idea. And that's exactly what that was, a demonic idea. They said, let's punish this man who, who said he was the king of the Jews. And so they could not think of a more, more twisted 
way of hurting him that grabbing thorns, twisting them into a crown and sticking it on his head. And with, with a rod or whatever they had, they, they smashed it into his head. These are not little thorns. These are thorns as pictured here that would dig into his skull. I don't know if you've ever been, you know, had a thorn in your finger. Multiply that by a thousand. After being tired, after being beaten. I don't know if some dug deep into his skull. I don't know how deep those went. All I know is that my Jesus then had been crowned with mockery. Jesus was now being mocked. And what it says in the Bible, this exact event. Would you please pull up the next verse, Emily? This is what the word of God says. John 19, 2. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put a purple robe on him. And they began to come up to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews, as to give him, and to give him slaps in the face. This is my Savior. This is your Jesus. My Jesus getting mocked, getting spat on, getting beat, getting a crown of thorns on his head. I don't know how you feel about that. If you feel nothing, then I don't know if you love the one I'm talking about. You must understand that the one that loves you most, that gave everything for you, at that moment was experiencing the worst pain that anyone could ever experience. Jesus, my Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. The one who gave me all that I deserve and I don't deserve. Am I making sense? Jesus gave me everything. Everything. And he's been taken as a, as a mockery. Listen to this. Pastor Caesar says that there was this demons and this party was in hell. And there was, ah, they were like screaming, doing all kinds of demonic things, celebrating that Jesus at last, they saw the crown. They probably put it on someone's mind, began to whisper into one of the soldier's ears, yeah, crown him, crown him. And so as this man responded, whoever came up with the idea and began to twist it and weave it. And I don't know how they did it, but I'm sure it was horrible, horrible. The way they inserted it in his head. And as the crown was coming down, the demons were screaming. But then all of a sudden, once those thorns hit the head of Jesus and touched the blood of the lamb, something happened in the spirit. This is what happened. See, because when the curse, they forgot that in Genesis chapter 3, it says that the land had been cursed by sin of Adam. Then the second Adam, meaning Jesus. Does that make sense? A new DNA had come into humanity. And one thing cannot happen. That is that Jesus could never be defiled by sin. Either Jesus, when comes in contact with sin, heals and transforms like he did with the lepers. Listen to what I'm telling you. Lepers back in the day were unclean. And if they touched someone, that person became unclean. So no one can touch the lepers. They would wear cowbells around their neck. And they couldn't be inside the same city as you. Because if they were and they touched you, then you'd be defiled. However, this man, Jesus, touched the leopard. And let me ask you what happened. If he didn't heal the leper, what would have happened? He could not have died and he couldn't have redeemed you. Jesus was able to touch the leopard because the moment he comes in contact with curse or sin or pain or any other disease, something changes and it is not my Jesus. Amen. Give God a shout of praise. So what happened was when Jesus' blood touches the curse of the earth represented by the thorns and thistles. Amen. By the thorns. I think Satan was like, yeah, I got him. And when boom, redemption comes into that area of humanity, they probably shut up. It's almost like the music in hell ended. They all sat on their butts, looked at each other and said, what did we just do? 
They had no idea what had happened, that Jesus was now bringing redemption to an area that is so important in your life and my life. And in the area of conquest. The area of being able to produce finances. The area of being able to say, I can help you. I can cover you. Many people don't understand this. There's another part in the Bible, and this is revelation, I promise you. Sometimes we teach out of knowledge. Sometimes we teach out of revelation. And you must understand the difference. Today is revelation. Go to another verse with me. Go ahead, Emily. Pull it up. You're going to go to uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 7. I was asking. I was praying. I was like, Lord, where else have I heard this? Where else have I understood? Where else have I gotten the idea of thorns and thistles? Where else does the word of God speak of this? The Lord led me to this verse. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the, th and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. This is in Mark chapter 7 when he's talking about the seeds, right? The seeds that, are, that are, are given in order to what? To produce. Amen? So let's keep going. Now, Jesus explains this parable to his disciples. He tells the multitude. Multitude, like, oh, we don't get it. Then the disciples come after and say, hey, what does that mean? And this is what Jesus explains to his disciples after. Go ahead and pull it up really quick. Mark 4, 18, 19. About a few verses later, over a dozen verses later, he says, And others are the ones whom seed was sown among the thorns. Listen to this. There are the ones who have heard the word, meaning Christians, meaning us, the people who understand, hear the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. I've never in my life heard those two coupled. Ever. I always thought. I always thought that they were not related. That somehow, someway, Jesus was teaching this parable to some disciples that didn't understand, you know, about how, how to win souls and make disciples. And although that is true, it is more than that as well. Listen to this. The lust of other things, the deceitfulness of riches... The worries of the world. And what it produces is unfruitfulness. What Jesus came to redeem us from was the curse of the land. What is the byproduct of lack? What is the byproduct of people who became lovers of the money that they think comes for them and from them? What is the outcome, the byproduct of that? Eoni and I were listening to this, this rabbi. Uh, she was listening to him, and she began to bless me with it. And I got a clip for it. I don't know if we have it ready or not. This is a Jewish rabbi who's preaching to a church, and he has some amazing insight into, into a lot of great things, honestly. I think he has a website called, what is it, love? Everybody needs a rabbi. And, uh, and it's really, really cool. Jerry, would you agree? <laughs> it's a Jewish man right here. But anyway, but it's really cool. I want you guys to just watch that for a second. Because when it comes to finances, a lot of people have a very wrong concept of honor and finances. And why are we to work? And what are we to do with the finances that we have? Does that make sense? Go ahead and run it really quick. Ready? Go. Ah. Oops. Uh, plug and unplug. I think we're in the wrong channel. We're going to have to restart. Not the whole thing, just to the minute that we said. We might just put it up on the... Uh-uh. It's taking too much time, and I'm already behind. So can we do it? Five, four, three. But we got to restart it to where it was. I tell the story of my first car, important part of it. 
Right there, ready to go, nice and loud. Thank you, guys. He wants every one of us to serve his other children. I tell a story of my first car. Um, I, I, I just really love automobiles. I love, I love cars. I mean, the whole idea of freedom of transport and... I mean, do you have any idea of what I think of public transport? <laughs> I love cars. And uh, my very first one, I was, I was a teenager, and I used up all my money to get it. And as soon as I'd got it, like a week later, it started making a horrible, horrible noise. And so uh, I, I told my father, who was a very famous, distinguished rabbi, and I said to him, I've got a real problem. He says, you know what? There's a man called Mr. Goldberg who has an auto repair shop downtown. Go down there. You know, tell him I told you to come there. He's a friend of mine. He's a member of my congregation. Talk to him. So I go down and uh, I pull into the shop and Mr. Goldberg comes out and he says, uh, what's up? And I said, well, Rabbi Lappin is my dad. And he said, I should come here. He says, start up the car, pop the lid. Uh, he puts his head inside the, the hood and he, you know, he fiddles with the accelerator connection. I hear the car, but meanwhile it's rattling as if there's stones flying around in the cylinders. It's bad news. And he, he comes back to me and he, like that's the worst sound you ever want to hear from your mechanic. And uh, I said, what's up, what's up? And he said, uh, listen, sit down. I'm going to take it around the back. I'm going to see what I can do. And like that was the longest hour and a half of my life. I just sat there and sat there and sat there. It seemed like a week. Pretty soon he brings the car back and I can't hear the motor running. It sounds like a sewing machine. It's amazing. And he comes out the car and he gives me the keys and he says, there you go, son, off you go. So I said, with considerable trepidation because I'd used up pretty much all the money I'd saved on buying the car. I said, Mr. Goldberg, how much do I owe you? And he said, nothing. That's fine. It's a pleasure. You're on your way. So I thank him very much. I start pulling out of the shop. And before I even get out of the driveway and I'm in the road, it suddenly occurs to me a really bad thing. He thought it's my father's car. That's why if he had known it was mine, then he would have charged me. He thought I was just bringing it in. Like Maybe the way I said, my father told me to come here, he thought it meant I was bringing his car. So sadly, I, just, I thought, you know what, I can't start off my car career with a lie. I've got to go back. I go back. He says, what's the matter? Is there, is there a problem? And I said, look, I'm really sorry. I, I just got to tell you, this car, is, it's not my dad's, it's actually mine. He says, I knew that. So I said, well, I don't understand. You, you, you did me a big favor. You didn't, I don't understand why you didn't charge me. He says, let me tell you something, son. About 12 years ago, your father did a favor for me that I'll never be able to repay him for. I said, I still don't get it. He said, I know, because you're only 17. But when you have a child of your own, you will discover that even better than doing something for a man is doing something for his kid. Because I assure you, nothing will give your father greater pleasure than to know that I fixed your car as a favor. And anyone with children knows that's true. And if that's how we feel, imagine how our Father in Heaven feels when we take care of one another, when we do things for one another. That's the idea. And you know what money is? It's God's way of encouraging us to do things for one another, to serve one another. Because no, God doesn't want us to be rich. 
He wants us to be obsessively preoccupied with the needs and the desires of all his other children. Why would it surprise us that a good and loving God would reward us with the incredible blessing of financial abundance when we take care of his other So. So we think that money is to enrich ourselves, to grow, to get my house, to get my car. And if that's the case, and you've fallen victim of the person that the New Testament spoke about. Lust for things. Deceitfulness of riches. Thinking that riches and money will make you happy. And the last one, the worries of the world. Meaning, what if I can't pay? What if I can't afford? What if I don't make it? What if I get fired? What if I say this about God and they say, you can't work here anymore? What if I can't provide for my family because I came to church on Sunday? The worries of the world. I tell you this. We're going to finish simply like this. Asking God to not heal. This is crazy. This was such revelatory like word for me. I always thought God would redeem the money. And God will not redeem money. He didn't come to pay his life for money. He wouldn't waste his blood on money. He will redeem your mindset. He will redeem your heart. He will redeem your purpose. He will redeem you. Because so long as you think and you're deceived by money, thinking that money is for you and about you, then I'm sorry, you're living under the curse of Adam. You don't have the new DNA of Jesus. If you still think that riches will make you happy, and if you could get that one thing, then you'll be okay. If you think that, believe it or not, that once you have money, you'll have less worries, that's a lie from hell. That's not where peace comes from. So today is simple. Let's ask God, let's pray to God that he would repurpose our finances. Can you do that? That you would say, God, I want money, and I want to make a lot of it to, to love people and to love God. That's it, to love God and to love people. God, provide finances for me. Give me a resource. Give me the ability to make wealth so that I can love you and love people with it. Amen. You cannot take your car to heaven. You can't take your car to heaven, but you could take your neighbor. You could take your brother. You could take everyone that you bless. And the, out of that abundance, they'll also know that Jesus, where your blessings come from. Amen. So I want to pray that the curse will break right now in the name of Jesus. The curse that stops you from producing. Amen. That instead of having to sweat and cry about it, that God would say, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you because you will be someone that I can get it to and through. Amen. That God can say, I want to be used. That you can say, I want to be used, God, to love you and to love people with money. Amen. Why don't we stand up for a second? Let's pray. Let's ask God to redeem us. And we're going to have an intense time of applying the blood of Jesus. If you don't know how to do this, it is very simple. But it is not easy. Because when you try to do something that God is honored by, Satan hates it. We talk about how men who, when they struggle with lust and pornography, all of a sudden they become very good at visualizing. They are, man, nothing will, will let them lose focus in that moment. Their laser sharp vision comes so much more sharper. For some reason when you're praying, you get distracted. You cannot imagine what God is trying to do. Literally can't imagine. 
Women, when you're angry and your emotions got a hold of you, you play this entire movie in your head of anger and resentment. And, and believe it or not, it's evil happening in your head. But when God tells you to think on Him, to meditate on all that is good, right? To have faith in what He has for you. All of a sudden, we can't pray for five minutes because we get lost, we get distracted. How demonic is that? This is the time where we say, God, I want you to redeem my mind, my heart. If I've been losing the battle in my finances, I want to begin to win, God. I want to begin to say, Lord, my finances are not mine. They're yours. You can use them however you want. It's your life. It's here. Use it, God. Help me. Help me, God, to bless people and to bless you with it. God, that I would become a blessing to your children everywhere we go. That God, as he blesses you, you become a greater blessing. I tell you what, there's something greater than being blessed, and it is to be a blessing. That I promise you. I've had both money and being a blesser. And I would 10 times rather be a blessing than being blessed. Because it really is better to give than to receive. For those of you that are still doubting, I want you to think about something. The rabbi later says something that to me was new and when he brought it up to me. I used to recommend a lot of books and I still will just with this thing in mind now. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Dale Carnegie, the first great book about you know, this leadership development of self and being able to influence other people. I forgot, I knew, but Dale Carnegie committed suicide. This man killed himself. He became the icon of how to make friends, how to influence people. And the rabbi said something. He said, the reason is because this guy didn't understand that to win, so, to win friends and to influence people was not for self-edification. It had nothing to do with you winning at life. It had everything to do with you being a blessing to those people. How do you actually love these people to heaven? Does that make sense? So I don't know what your purpose is of having finances or friendships. All I know is that ruin comes to those that use it for self. But when you are like Christ, a Christ mind that says, I surrender all, I give everything to God, then God can multiply you and bless you. And I promise you this one thing. Should you choose to say, God, I want to be that channel of blessing to many people. And by the way, there's so many people around. Now here's the thing. I thought that blessing was just for everybody. You have to be wise and you have to ask the Holy Spirit, who am I to bless? I stopped blessing the prodigal. Listen to this. Sometimes we think that by giving money to somebody, then we're blessing them. Sometimes you're hurting them more than blessing them. A prodigal son would have never returned should somebody given a mistake in his worst moment. He returned home because of hunger. So you need to pray and say, God, who am I to bless? Where? Guide me. Sometimes it's someone you don't even understand why. And sometimes it's very clear. But you need to be wise, not just with money. Blessing them with your heart. Blessing them with your life, with your time. You need to be able to say, God, I want to be in sync with you. How do I become the greatest blessing to the greatest amount of ch children that you have? Did you know this? That sometimes God has to use people that don't know him. Because his children are not available. Sometimes God has to use people that don't know him. Because if their children had it in the resources, that blessing would come to them instead of the others. So today, close your eyes for a second. Let me pray for our finances. That God will redeem the land. More than that, he redeemed you and me. Dear God, I thank you because today you have revealed your word to us. As it says in Genesis, that these, this, this, people Adam and Eve my ancestors were cursed 
because of the disobedience. We, because of your obedience, can inherit the blessing, not the curse. Jesus, help us to be the greatest investors into the kingdom of God that there ever was. Let this church abound in finances. Let the people here be able to produce not just finances God but quality of life God that as they share and as they give as they bring blessings to others husbands to wives wives to husbands children to parents parents to children brothers to sisters God co-servants to co-servants God that no one would be in need God help us God to be an example to a world that is so greedy that is so worried about money God that has been deceived that thinks that it's simply the word materialism but in reality it's straight sin that puts their trust in a man or puts their trust in finances God help us God to not inherit that kind of curse that Adam lived under God we want to live under your promise God not under the curse God we want to have your blessing I apply the blood of Jesus over these lives in the name of Jesus Christ now I declare you're redeemed from that mindset you are bought back by the blood of Jesus from that curse mindset from the heart that is greedy from the heart that is lustful I I declare right now that our lives are meant for the service of the kingdom of God and finances will flow through us. I declare God that blessings will come, that you will renew our hearts and our mindset, that the way we budget our money will not represent that we are the king but that you are the king of kings God. I pray now God that the windows of heaven would open, that as we test you in this God, that you would bless this people God, that we would be honoring you Lord in our tithings and our offerings. God help us Lord for those that believe that it's about money please God please have mercy on them help them to understand that they're called to be a blessing they're not called to be hoarders they're not called to be people that grab on tight but rather people that are giving like you were Jesus help us to be an example Jesus help us to be an example Lord God I declare now that this ministry will be an incredible blessing to its surrounding cities to this nation God this this ministry CFF God will bless hundreds and thousands of people God that we will see your hand moving on the people that are broken that are hurting the whose finances don't, are not enough God give us a heart of compassion and give us the ability to give and freely give God with wisdom with the ability to produce Jesus help us I declare now that my life and my finances belong to God I declare now that the enemy cannot use them anymore. That Satan has no grip over them. If any of you here have been cursed by disobedience and following the trend of your ancestors Adam and Eve, a new DNA has come and that is the blood of the Lamb. It's Jesus. We're redeemed. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Think different. I don't care how you were raised. I don't care what your father told you. Go to the Word of God. He will lead you. I've met people that don't invest a dime into their wives. And when I see the blood of the Lamb redeem them, their wives all of a sudden become the greatest investment into the husband's lives. I've seen that happen. I've seen children who say they serve the Lord, but they serve themselves only. And when the blood of the Lamb redeems them, they all of a sudden stop being driven by money and the love of it, which is the beginning of all evils. Instead, they're driven by the love of God and the love for the lost. Jesus help us to be redeemed forgive those that don't understand that work is worship if they do it unto you that our produce God that our, our strength can glorify your name if it's done unto you may it never be in competition 
because it's meant to be a blessing. Lord, thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. We're getting you guys.